new series this week on the book of 2 Peter. And Peter is all about practical living. The goal is to help us live a victorious Christian life. He doesn't want us just getting saved and then sitting on our ticket to heaven. Have a transformational effect on the world around us. And so before we read the text, when you repent of your sins and put your faith in Jesus Christ, you are justified. Theological, it's just as if I've never sinned. Justified. You are declared righteous in the eyes of God. Your sins are taken away as far as the east account. The West remembered, but it does not happen until you make a decision to make Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. At that moment, and it means becoming like Jesus in your actual experience. It's a lifetime process that you die. Ends. The point of sanctification is to free you from the power of sin. Because sin has got so many people uh, of freedom. And then, when Jesus returns or you die... The final stage is the stage of glorification, new earth in which you are freed from pain, where it will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and for those who are part of existence. So I say that just to clearly place today's text in how to get saved. He's not talking about, uh, uh, to us about what's going to happen when Jesus returns, he's talking to us about how to live the Christian life you have in Jesus Christ. So turn in your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Peter chapter 1. I'm going to read a portion of the text for us. Uh, Elder 5. For this very reason, so he's referring, by the way, to what he said, effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and godliness with steadfastness, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective. No one simply stumbles into the abundant Christian life. You must make every effort. You can almost write it like an equation. Spiritual transfer. God's power, spiritual growth into godliness, involves the power of God partnered with our human effort because the transforms us. The transformation we're talking about cannot be accomplished by human effort alone. It happens because the Spirit, it doesn't happen unless we put something into it, unless we make an effort. That's why Peter says, make every effort a God to supplement your functional qualities. Now, making an effort is difficult. Translated here, make every effort. And the first word uh, has to do with a runner giving everything she's got. So this, uh, just to put a little picture, a woman by the name of Haley Carruthers. She ran the marathon in two hours. So she's an elite runner. Well, she gave it absolutely everything she had, and, and she collapsed a field across the finish line. And so that's the first word Peter uses, and, and it involves it's going to take 
second word, it's going to take labor. Is the word for, uh, it's korigos, which is, was the, described a patron in ancient Greece, cost a tremendous fund these because you had to hire all of the actors for weeks to prepare, you had to buy all the equipment, rent the stadium, uh, and as, make every effort, growing in Christ-likeness, right? Christ it's going to involve a lot of labor, and it's going to, he ixly, and thus, you get that? So God does not want you just repenting of your sins and putting your faith in Jesus. You have always lived. That's not God's vision for our lives. Add to it, as the NIV says, build upon it. Why? Because he's got so much more for us as a Christian. Even in this like every effort. Now in this text, the why should I make every effort is given both in the positive and the negative. So what's the, very re what's the reason why we should make every effort? Well, in verse 2, Peter wished grace and is, you can have in this life grace and peace in abundance. Just have. You want that? Post into it, you won't stumble into it. He also says in, in verse 4 that we can be partakers of the divine naced God and experience the life of God now. Who wants that? That's corruption. He said, and he wishes because of sinful desire, we can escape the corruption that's in the world. We can be set free. You want those things which are your right as a follower of Jesus Christ. They are part of your inheritance. But if you want to experience, just happen. So clearly the background here, the background here, get saved, know to sit on it, and uh, live an unremarkable Christian life. He, I'm sure Peter knows Christians personally, exhorts us to make every effort. Now he doesn't describe what making every effort looks like. Imagination. That up, up to that you have an anger problem. Uh, you get angry, and, and then you just, that takes over, and next thing you hurt, then cursing under control. Well, certainly it looks like memorizing the Bible verses that might, it might look like you get some counseling. It might look like you join an anger management group under control, but you never took advantage of all the, the helps available to you God's going to say problem because you didn't take advantage of all the resources I gave you to master that impulse. Scripture that says, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet gone to the point of shedding your blood. Is your uh, true to supplement your faith with virtue. So he gives seven, and we'll talk a little bit about each one of these seven qualities. But I want you to notice that Jesus, these are Christians. So he's not talking about how to get saved. He's not saying you've got to have these qualities if you want to get into heaven. He's faith. Don't squander. What is virtue? Virtue is moral excellence. Virtue is being or fulfilling your purpose. A virtuous and so a vet delivers water. 
A virtuous person is a person who fulfills the purpose for which they were created. And the only, virtue, the only perfectly virtuous person to have ever lived is Jesus Christ, and so become a virtuous person. Supplement your faith with virtue, and then knowledge. And he's talking here about spiritual knowledge. He's talking about knowing what the Bible Spiritual knowledge, you, you study the Word of God. Does God... So what about the Christian who's like, I just don't like through a novel assigned to me. Uh, you know what? Nowadays, you can listen to the Bible being read uh, just through to add. It's a lot easier than to your life. Hey, that might not always be easy. It might be that you have to get focused and take going. That, that effort that you make will bless your life, and it's absolutely worth it. You, to knowledge, you add yourself. You don't let your impulses, you don't let your appetites, you don't let your emotions have control of you. Mas- master yourself. Now, that's a, that's a wonderful truth. I don't have to be a victim. I can be control. But wait a second. I drink too much alcohol. I eat when I'm sad. God will empower your effort to do the things that he wants you to do. And this is clearly one he wants God to make. And self-control, you got to do. you got to say to yourself, I want that to change in my life, and I'm going to go to extremes if necessary to... Uh, empowering you, and he's saying, yeah, that's exactly what I want for you, and you're going to be a whole lot better off, and so is your family, and so are your friends, if you become step control. With bearing up under uh, adversity and sorrow. Okay, so self-control saying, I'm not going to abandon God just because life isn't going the way I want it to go. We live in a broken world, and the brokenness of this world enters. And people say, lives, right? God often allows, God must not care about me because life's not going the way I want it to go. Things are abandoned uh, me. But steadfastness says, I remain faithful to the Lord. I will continue to trust him despite the circumstance in the circumstance. God wants the choice we make. That's an effort. We have to put effort into being steadfast people. And God's right there empowering that and cheering us on. At the time Peter wrote this, that word in be outside the Bible simply meant religious, reverent, God's person. That's what this person who prioritizes the kingdom of God appropriately. And how many Christians prioritize their little kings and not properly prioritizing the kingdom? And so a godly person is a person who you, you can't be godly in the New Testament era with, without prioritizing the church. Predominant manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth is the local church. And so a godly person is a person who is serving in the God wants us for it. And that takes money and it takes time and effort. To brotherly affection. Brotherly affection. It's looking around to your brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, you know what? Your pain, not just feel. Your joy is in this together. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to be together for all of eternity. Let's start helping each other now. Agape, which means um, seeking the benefit of the other person without regard to their worthiness. I seek your good 
regardless of whether or not you warrant it. And that's the way God loves us, right? We're yet sinners. It's probably significant that it comes to, at the end of the list to where, at the, at, you know, when it comes, when it for people, where you are seeking their good regardless of whether or not, how they're treating you, then you know that God is really spiritually. And Dr. Philippa Lolly published uh, the results of a study she had done, volunteers to try to form habits. And over the course of three months, they were to, um, from being difficult to feeling automatic. And here's what she learned. If, if it were a simple habit, it took 21's get up feel automatic. So it took 66 days for it to become automatic. And if it was even more complex of a habit, then it took 88 days. What would you call them? Her, one of her, uh, it took 284 days before they said that person was a little slow. Uh, but for all of you, I know it'll go fast. Transformation in, in all areas of life, there's a lot of, of carryover. But I think there are three applications of this uh, that uh, don't expect a quick fix. It takes time. It takes effort. Now, my grandmother, uh, she loved smoke for decades. But then my grandfather died from smoking. And grandma right, said, I got down on my knees at the toilet bowl, and I cried out to the Lord, please, God, take this away from me. I can't seem to quit on my own. And your relationship was gone. She never smoked again. That story, because it was a tremendously powerful uh, testimony to her about the reality of God in her life. And pray, and the character flaw is over, or the hurt ha and the hang-up is, is, uh, goes off our chest. And son the not, he really does that. Time and effort. And it's a, over time, he transforms us. Kay Arthur talks about a, uh, a woman left her with a taste for God. And so then she said, for the rest of my life, I had to make daily choices to not give in to the temptation to drink. So don't expect to the art of starting over, Mike, because I would fall off the wagon. But he said, if you, if you learn to just start, right? Because easily, if that's not, uh, blow it. And uh, Dr. Lolly said, in habit formation, you begin. Finally, it will become automatic. That's the good news. Eventually, also difficult, uh, steadfastness, no, brotherly affection, love so hard early on, but we make every effort, we keep it. Isn't that awesome? You know what? Eventually it starts to talk to mature Christians who've been following Christ and making every effort for decades, and it looks almost effortless to them. Well, in large, in large, that, that's a good thing. Verse 8. For if these qualities question and are in Christ of seven and ask, do I have those in my life? Is this true of me? And, and hopefully the answer is yes, as a Christian, right? Another question, and then the more self-controlled today than I was three years ago. Do I have more love in my heart today than I did when I became a follower? Of course, it's not a straight line. It's probably more like the stock market. It goes up and down, but the trend is upward. Increasing, which is what God wants for us. They keep you from being ineffective or uh, fruitful and the knowledge of our it's possible to be an ineffective and unfruitful Christian. 
it's possible tragic. Because those people, when they get to heaven, I don't think they're going to be hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. They wasted heaven, but there's going to I did not unpack my spiritual inheritance the way I could. I didn't have the grace and peace in abundance that could have been mine. I didn't partake in the divine nature like due to evil desire. So we don't want to be that. We want to be effective and fruitful Christians. Verse 9, for who gotten that he was these qualities if sins. In other words, why do you think God forgives you and places his spirit? He does that. Not so you can go, but you can start being a different person. And so you're nearsighted and blind when all you're, you're missing the big full picture, which is God wants to transform you and through you, those around, wait around, he saves you and leaves you here to become a different person and to have an impact for Christ in this world. And to con- there and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What does it mean to confirm your calling and election? Is Peter saying that unless you have faith plus all these qualities? That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, there will be no question in your own mind when I became a Christian. You are a follower of Jesus Christ. I have grown in virtue and knowledge and self-control and steadfastness and godliness and brotherly affection and love. God is changing me. That's what he's saying. Who are you confirming it to? You're confirming it to yourself. So that there's no question. If you practice these qualities, did a little study and found out that donkeys are more sure-footed than horses. So the donkey gets the picture today. That's the title of the series, Sure-Footed Faith. Big, uh, you probably heard, but in the news, I kissed Dating Goodbye, in which he promoted uh, courtship. And eventually he uh, found pastoring a very large church. Well, he's now divorced, and the big news this week is he is now no longer a Christian. So he's come, he, I am no longer. Now, may he repent and return to the Lord, because where he is right now is a very bad place. He won't fall, we won't apostatize, that won't be our uh, future. Verse 11, for in the kingdom will be richly provided Christ, or as the NIV says, a rich welcome. Here's what it's saying. Knowledge and godliness and self-control and steadfastness and brotherly affection and love. When you get to heaven, you're, that's what I want. Well done, good. That's what you want. And it takes effort. Let's pray. Heads bowed, no one looking around, just so you have time to, you can be with the Lord. What degree are you making every effort to supplement your faith with these qualities? Are you just coasting? I don't know why I'm not experiencing the stuff that all these other Christians are talking about. I don't know why following Jesus doesn't seem to be making more of a difference in life. Does following Jesus, becoming like Jesus, truly have your... Just respond to that to the Lord. And then commit yourself afresh to making every effort to... Regret it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.